It made me think of there was a, an old episode of Hello Internet where Brady asked CGP Grey, "What is a question that you would want me to ask you to prove that you are indeed you?" And I think for me, it's definitely, "Are you ready?" <laughs> in this context of, or is that your answer for? Oh, in, every time every, anyone asks, in that? every context, in every. <laughs> Yeah, uh, wait, but don't share the answer because then people listening to this can. I know. <laughs> yeah, this, don't don't copy my trademark, everyone. Yeah, that's good because it it has to be it has to be obvious. Like there has to be no room for doubt, but it can't be incredibly obvious that someone would guess it, right? Like do you prefer iPhone or Android? Or <laughs> this is stupid and stuff like that, um, right? Because anyone browsing my Twitter feed for five seconds would be able to get these answers. So I mean, I mean, a lot of these sort of get into uh, security question territory. <laughs> <laughs> like, what's the what's the model and the make of your car? <laughs> or like, where did you what's go? What's your to mother's high maiden name? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, don't answer. <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay. Actually, this is way hard harder than i anticipated i would yeah for you what, what would it be i would i have no idea uh maybe i'll report back next week yeah let's think about it <laughs> cool tweet at us what what is your question <laughs> Ugh. it's really late uh, if this show is 20 minutes long i'm okay i'm okay with that <laughs> Let, let's be honest here <laughs> it's impossible that this show is gonna be 20 minutes long <laughs> sometimes i wonder like in an alternate universe in where we would record this like I would record this very early, um, how much smarter I would sound, you know? Oh my god, I would be so smarter. I mean, uh, you you fix it all in the editing, anyways, no? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with that Descript uh, features, you can type in, uh, you know, write in text, and it will, it will sound like you're saying it. Right. Actually, Rafa is not even on the show anymore. <laughs> I just edit him back in. Just type it. Type the answers. Mm-hmm. For the past month, yeah, it's all it's all a bot. But we're we're getting ready for the baby, so <laughs> right. We've been beta testing this feature. Actually, the real Rafa is like by the side, just like watching and like taking notes and like uh, giving you approving like nods, like yes, yes, this is this is fine. This is actually a bot under surveillance or under training. Bot under training. But that's it, it's funny we we talk about this though because that's that's basically what Google announced in their uh, Google I/O conference. I forget the name of it. But well, transition segue <laughs> like a pro. It had some sort of weird uh, name. You mean like from I/O from a couple of years, right? No, 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 no. Like this year, they they Google and I have. Excuse me, everyone. I haven't watched the entirety of Google I/O, but I watched like the first part of it. Um, and they're talking about this brand new algorithm that can generate a conversation. <laughs> Basically, Ooh. like they they show this demo of a person talking to like a planet. <laughs> yeah, Pluto. Yeah, I remember yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I saw that. Um, so that's. I feel like that's basically it. That's that's what we would use to recreate uh, a fake Rafa. <laughs> I'm sorry, I am not at liberty to comment on that. <laughs> it's funny when I saw that. It's obviously these things are always cool. But I felt like it was Google's version of the boring game demos. <laughs> and Google's like, how about we watch another conversation? <laughs> I was just like, no thanks. Wait, how many did it show? I thought it was just a Pluto one. 
I think they showed two or three. <laughs> and I was just like, okay, fine, Google, we get it. Okay, so actually, this is the show. This is the show. This is the show. Uh, so as the as the show, the re- a real show. Let me explain to people listening what we're talking about. If they haven't seen, you know, they watched Google I/O or not up to speed. So Google I/O, it's the annual Google's developer conference. It's like Apple's WWDC, and this is a Google Google thing. Anyway, uh, and so it was the last week. No, to, uh, Monday this week. Uh, they announced a bunch of stuff, and one of that one of the things they announced is this. I'm not even sure if this is a product or this is just a tech thing they're they're flexing uh, but you can take any topic uh and then you can have this ai uh create this conversation um just based on a topic and, and the example i saw uh, and they showed it was like you take pluto so this is an ai pretending that it is the planet pluto so so in the back end you know is, is getting a bunch of facts from the internet about pluto and out of just that, like crawling the internet, I guess, because Google has been, Google's great at this, right? Yep. <laughs> Getting information about stuff. Uh, they can create a very realistic uh, sounding conversation as, as an actual human being. So anyway, that's what this is. And this is the tech we're using right now. And this is, this is, I am an AI. Um, so the, yeah, actually, it was it's incredibly impressive, right? As a tech thing, yeah. um, very very similar. Just, I just got flashbacks of the a uh, couple of years ago at at IO as well, in where they show that not a voicemail thing, but you know, calling uh, an establishment or whatever, and you have this AI pretending to be the place, like to get reservations for a restaurant or whatever. It would pretend to be a person talking to you. But I think wasn't it the other way around? It was like. So you, as the user, can ha- essentially like place a place an order for like a restaurant or get a reservation just by pushing a button, and then basically behind the scene, there's like a Google AI who's calling the restaurant and having the conversation on your behalf. You're right. I got this the other way around. Yes, you're right. <laughs> yeah, because it's it's more weird that way, right? Because otherwise, it's essentially just like a fancier phone tree. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but in this case it would be and and i think it would do crazy things like uh if the the restaurant would like ask some sort of question <laughs> that the your phone doesn't know it would like shoot you a message or something and be like hey so uh how many people <laughs> and then, what like, kind of hairstyle i'd be like for? oh uh give me a sec like i'll think about it <laughs> uh mohawk please um <laughs> Yeah, no, you're right. It is the other way around. But yeah, but it's like the the other yeah, the other half of the the story. Like you know, now <laughs> we can have your digital assistant Pixel phone call Pluto, and you have <laughs> you know, and you have two AIs talking to each other. To each other, um, some conversation. Yeah, AI talking to Pluto. Your phone talking to Pluto. I'm just fishing for the episode title. Yeah, it did make me think because there was this big controversy, right? How like Google was sort of faking human behavior essentially and it's like the, introducing, not disclosing that you're talking to a machine like not disclosing you're talking to a machine like introducing the ums uh and how people were saying like the demos were faked also like weren't quite real and it was like this whole kerfuffle and it made but, me think when i saw that too i was like yeah what happened with that <laughs> 
I don't know. I guess we all kind of like move past it, but I mean, no, it's it's live. I think it's just we never got enough adoption, and it was pretty different from what they demoed. Because mm. yeah, because it got criticized heavily, a bunch of also ethical, uh, you know, questions and and issues, and so they, I think they changed it dramatically. But I believe, I'm pretty sure, they actually shipped it, and it's a thing you can use. But maybe slightly different from what it was demoed. But in that case, it was a like the impressive part is the tech, right? Like how realistic this AI sounds. Cause oh yeah. It, at a time, it was like the mm, uh, the little ticks in speech right. that make it feel more real. But it was also not only the tech was was fancy, but it, there was a clear product behind it, like a feature. And in this case, I again also like you. I don't. I didn't watch the whole IO. I just watched a recap. Uh, I am not sure what this feature is or product, or if it is if any. Like, how would you? Where would you do this? How can you? How can I talk to Pluto? <laughs> you know. I mean, yeah. You, whenever you're using Google Assistant, essentially, um, you again do conversation with objects. Um, <laughs> but I feel like, kind of, a lot of Google stuff like this. Every time, every time they would show something, I'm like, "Is this real? Is this live? Like, is this shipping some sometime soon? Is it like I have no idea where is it in the time frame? Like, is it is just this real life? Yeah, like is it because sometimes it's like they will even show things that they've already launched that I can already use, and then sometimes it's like here's a thing that will be available later. Sometimes it's like, here's a thing that's just kind of an idea, like a cool tech demo, and who knows if we'll ever see that. Like, it's mm-hmm. kind of hard to tell, I find, with Google with this. But I do think generally that the quest that they've been on is how do we create these AIs that you can talk to that feel more and more human? And I actually think that they're doing a good job like they're they're really driving towards the right direction right the first Mm -hmm. the first step is sort of like okay let's have the voice that sounds clear and doesn't sound robotic like purely audio quality wise then it's like Mm -hmm. okay all right we got that now like the problem is the information is not quite accurate i was like all right like let's work on that and then they've done a lot of work on that not saying they're perfect but they've certainly like made a lot of progress especially compared to siri um and then oh, it's yeah. like, all right, like, it has the right information. But what they're saying now, it's like, uh, if you ask it for the weather, it'll be like, oh, it'll be sunny and 14 degrees and blah, blah, blah. Like, that it doesn't sound like a human, even though it has the to- totally has the accurate information. But this is not how a human would sound. Why? Because humans have pauses and ums and things and it's and so then bad here the new sort of like innovation that i see is like even as they like a, a, a sort of adapt their ai and the way that they talk the speech patterns i think what they realized is a normal conversation doesn't just go one way right like because right now pretty much all assistants you ask them a question they will tell you the answer that's it Whereas what they're trying to do now is have something where the conversation can evolve and you start by talking about one thing and then it gives you other sort of informations that you can mm-hmm. continue the conversation and like go in all these different directions. I think that's really cool. Like, it, yeah. I mean, you'd be crazy not to be like amazed by these advancements and how Google is able to break down sort of what makes humans feel like humans. <laughs> 
And isn't it crazy that it feels like those missing ingredients that make it feel more human is what at face value looks like just bad stuff, right? <laughs> the, the, the ums and the pauses right. feels like, why would you add like noise and, and weirdness in your speech? Same with like how you, how conversations flow. I mean, just listen to this podcast. <laughs> it doesn't make a lot of sense. It's not very coherent, but it's just that, 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 here i just said that 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 like what is this <laughs> it's bad so if you're crafting uh, an ai we're going to edit this out anyways okay all oh, right <laughs> um hey let me see okay google can i talk to pluto uh it's not ready <laughs> oh wait it, it it thought i said can i talk to bruno <laughs> wait can i talk to the planet pluto no this never mind Okay, it's not ready yet. Yeah, uh, but you know what it is ready? Kind of, or will be. Uh, Android 12, 12, 12. Ooh. And, and Material de- Design U. Material U, as in Y-O-U, not the letter U. Uh, we got a new look at, we got a look at the new Android thing, which we have teased, right? Remember there was the, those uh, leaks, kind of? Like yeah. A couple screenshots that we comment on. Uh, actually, pretty spot on, right? So... Uh, those were real leaks, like from Google. And uh, yeah, now we now we we saw what what uh, Android twelve looks like. But most importantly, I think I I personally just want to focus on the new design language, the material you material you uh, part of it. Should I start by describing it? Yeah, go for it. Uh, okay, it is the the biggest change in Android since <laughs> the first Android, whatever marketing thing they say. I think the core of it is that it is customizable. It's themable in a way that uh, fits your own style and preference. In a way that I haven't, I've never seen any op- operating system, you know, rely so heavily on that. Uh, so the the whole thing is like. You can just by changing your wallpaper, let's say upload a picture of your kids or whatever, um, they have a new algorithm to extract a color palette from a photo, which is nothing new. Like this tech existed uh, for years, right? Uh, just extracting dominant colors from pictures. But the way they've done it, actually, it's it's like extracting colors, but then targeted, like assembling a palette very specific for UI. So you get a range of like darks and lights and, you know, just to use text. And as someone who's been looking into colors and themes and all that stuff recently, this is really, really, really hard <laughs> to successfully pull off. Um, so this does look promising, does look interesting. Uh, so you can get, let's say you put a picture and it pulls some dark blues and uh, accents of yellow or whatever. And just uses not just a single color. Not it's not like oh now I have the blue theme or the yellow theme. It pulls different colors and assembles a, a diverse palette of colors. Um, and then you can even customize the uh, the the font system font, which is crazy pants. And you have a lot of options. <laughs> that's very Android. Android's had that for a long time. Yeah, that's true. Uh, the, but you can change like the basic shape of not only uh, app icons but also some other. UI uh, things so you can have circles or l- blobs or little hexagons or something. Uh, and yeah, there's a, a lot more emphasis on transitions uh, between states. Um, the control center is like super chunky and round. Uh, 
border radius do not match each other. Uh, it's very like everything is round and bubbly, and 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 that's it. I guess. <laughs> what are your thoughts, Kevin Maximilian Clark? Yeah, and apologies. Like, I've watched the videos as best as I can. I still don't feel like I would love to get like a dump of give me just screenshots of everywhere in the system like app by app <laughs> somewhere mm-hmm. so i haven't seen that like but i've seen all their various video like promo videos uh this looks great i i mean i think this was my take when we saw the the leak and this is kind of my take now um i think it looks very fresh it, it, there's something that feels unique about it that doesn't really feel like it's right like that, that it's copying things from somewhere else like it very much feels like its own thing um it feels like a big departure from material design to me like there's are there any shadows in there no <laughs> um no <laughs> shadows so maybe they should re- rename it immaterial design i don't know <laughs> just just gonna just gonna throw that out there for them but i like it i mean i i think they're doing a great job and like it gets me excited (laughs) in a way that i feel like ios design maybe hasn't (laughs) in some of the like latest small changes and i mean that's also i mean maybe it's not i'm not being super fair here because it's you're comparing i'm comparing like a massive redesign to like just something that's evolving much more like linearly um so we'll see when or if apple does a big redesign but to me, this passes the the sniff test at, of being like, this seems like a good system, and it seems like they they've thought through a lot of situations and use cases, and like m- created an operating system that feels cohesive, at least in their marketing material. I think the way that they're doing branding, essentially, like and let, letting you customize your colors and like your palette and certain shapes and stuff like that that's like a that's also an interesting take because I, th- I think we haven't seen that a lot in our operating systems in a while like i i feel like if anything i don't know i might not be like attributing this to the right thing but like if you for example like when i was using windows <laughs> like forever ago like you had different styles like you could customize things you could change change what your cursor is like there's like so many little like customization things you could do people talk all the time about the winamp skins right and surely customization is not new to android but i don't know there's something nice about them designing a system that encourages customizations and that like kind of it's not fighting the user. Like you're you're not making the system look weird and wonky by applying the, your strange customizations on top of it. It's like no, no, no. This is part of the system. This is intended to be this mm-hmm. way, uh, and I think that's really cool. Yep, agreed. Uh, I installed the uh, the beta on my Pixel, so I've been I've been Ooh. playing with it, but but it's still very limited. Like most of not most, but a, a large chunk of the features announced is still not here yet. So, including the the extracting a palette from a, from a wallpaper, oh. <laughs> uh, but it is it is promising. It is exciting. Like I, it's interesting. I, I like that it's not it, it's diverging from the style of, you know, that we see 
on iOS or something. It's trying. To, it's it's going a different path, and one that even if we eventually get a visual refresh from from iOS, I don't think they're gonna they would go this way. Even it's very much it's very googly in a way, uh, and and I I do like that. Now it's really it's incredibly hard to allow users to customize probably too much of your operating system right it's not even an app because if, if you make an app super customizable yeah you hit the home button and you're back at base you're safe um safe <laughs> uh, but it, it, it's incredibly hard so i think even if you can make your phone look hideous that's a feature right not a bug <laughs> i think in, in this in this from this perspective you can make your 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 phone and your 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 software somehow match more of your preference and, and personality and we've been talking about this like the, this is i don't want to call it a trend because it feels like it's coming and go it uh, comes and goes but it's it is a is is a direction that i think the industry is is looking at um now i think a very interesting part of this is that these preferences like your your colors in your type and all of that stuff that the user has to customize their OS, there is a clear nudge and incentive for app developers to take that, accommodate that. And that is completely new to me and I would assume most of us designers. Like, I think we've been we've been okay and embraced dark mode. So it's it's a binary thing. Do you want, you know, dark or light mode? And we should be able to, we as like app makers should embrace that preference and, you know, optimize for it. And I think this just opens up a floodgate of other preferences that the user might or might not expect from all the third-party apps as well. So I think it's going to be very interesting how that will impact um, like branding things, right? Because something as easy as like the tint color, like that could be an easy win. Just take the tint color from the system um but even then what if the color doesn't like you have to create options for contrast or something or what if the color is yellow and you're on pinterest like how does that how does that work right yeah that's that's the thing that the part i don't get right <laughs> like mm-hmm. how because i feel like having the system relies heavily on apps being consistent with the system basically right so you want basically Basically, you want all the apps to adopt system controls. I think a great example of this is Mac OS. Like most apps just use the standard toolbars. And so like they, you can then have that sort of user customization and that applies across the board on most of your apps. But in the case of like a phone operating system, I don't think Twitter is going to have purple links, right? Mm-hmm. And purple, uh, purple, like Twitter bird. Like, I think they're going to keep their brand colors. Same for Pinterest, same for you name it. So I think it'll be interesting to see, like, maybe a potential clash between first-party apps, which are maybe a bit more generic and want to follow, like, your personal desires as a user. But in terms of every third-party app that you might use... I don't know how how they're looking at this and how they're they're feeling about uh, you messing up the the colors. So it'll be interesting. Yeah. Like I, there's two possibilities. I think one possibility is that uh, third party apps just 
totally reject this <laughs> in which it, it will make it really difficult for users to feel like this is having a big difference in their lives or maybe this is the thing that encourages more apps on android to actually follow more assistant like the system more closely because users are demanding that their customization follows through and that could have a positive effect of like just kind of sort of standardizing apps on android and making them like use these these same patterns but if history is <laughs> well how this is going to go in order to create enough user demand and expectations for third party apps to adopt this the users first they'll need a large user base uh, right now all of this stuff is uh, actually i might be wrong but like this is coming out for pixel phones which is already a very small user base of android uh, users pixel phones and i somehow this will you know propagate to other uh, oems but i don't think like samsung's own android skin i don't know if and when they'll adopt this i i wonder so anyway so in you need to have a large user base, Android user base, use this and rely on it and like it and want it, then that, that can create some pressure on third-party apps. But even then, you know, unfortunately, and I say this like I'm not being sarcastic, I think unfortunately uh, Android users have way less uh, leverage and pull on, on third-party app makers. Usually it's like iOS will, will kind of dictate the, not dictate, but iOS will be, the foundation of most of their app design and then they'll kind of not port over but then they'll consider android because that's where the money is or whatever um so i i don't i don't have high hopes that this will happen i would love that it that it would because i think it is super unique and super cool but once again it will even create more diversion on android and ios so if you are a third party like big company like twitter it means that if you want to adopt this you would either create, again, a bigger rift between your iOS app and your Android one, or you try to implement some of this stuff on iOS, which I don't think users will really expect or, or you know, react well to. So, ugh, I don't know. I don't know how this is going to go. But um, yeah, it was nice to see I mean, Matias Duarte on stage with a crazy shirt. Sure. <laughs> As always. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I don't think it's entirely fair to just say, well, Google hasn't done a good job at, at this in the past, and therefore nothing they can ever do will ever be successful. Um, I do think that they're taking a bold, <laughs> like a, this is a bold move of them. I applaud it. I encourage it. I think it's it's cool, and I would love for apps to be more tailored to the platform. What I'm saying though is this is only this is like half the battle, right? <laughs> like the second half is how do we convince everything on our platform or as many things as possible on our platform to adopt this. And like I think you have the same thing about things like dark mode, right? Like how like right? Like iOS can introduce a light mode and, and dark mode, but if none of the apps implement it, then it's pointless. Right yeah. and like somehow Apple managed to convince people to do the dark mode. Uh, I think Android also has a dark mode. Probably has had it for I think it had it before iOS. iOS. Like, um, do all the apps on Android follow the dark mode? Like, if they do, then that that means right. Like Google has some sort of influence. Like, is able to kind of push people towards the direction. Now, the tricky part of this is. This is a thing on Android, but not a thing on iOS. <laughs> so it's kind of like, well, 
apps will have to pick some sort of color scheme for iOS, and now they kind of leave it up to anyone on Android. I don't know. Yeah, it's that leverage that users, iOS users, have against uh, third-party developers. You know, iOS 12 came out, or no, not 12, 14. What's the latest one? Whatever. 14. iOS latest, okay, 14 came out, and every user would tweet at their app maker saying, where is my widget? You know, and like for that first month or so, it's like, where are my widgets? Because it was like a new thing that all of a sudden, you know, 80% of users are running the latest and they expect it and whatever. And I feel like Android has a harder time to create that leverage because it's so, it's a bit more fragmented. Um, and, you know, I don't think this will apply enough pressure on third-party developers to embrace this. But as a user, I am a big a believer that that if you as an app maker embrace the platform you're in as much as it's feasible for you um that is always a positive thing i think and users like it and respect it i i know um more now than than ever that there are a lot of android users that if your app if your android app just looks like an ios app they hate it and and rightfully so like it's it's annoying to them um and unfortunately it's very common <laughs> so yeah I, I would love for this to to be successful but i also don't have high hopes i think that's it yeah but i would say overall this looks great yeah i think there's a lot of parts to this that look better than ios um yeah. and it kind of sort of makes me want to have an android phone so there you go i don't know like i never actually went far enough to actually pull the trigger um, and also the question there is like, I guess you're saying it's going to come to pixel phones and like, I would have to see yeah. whichever like new pixel phone comes out and stuff. But, um, yeah, who knows? I don't know. I think it's, it's cool. I'm definitely like, I would, this is the kind of thing that I would love to be able to go to a store and just like, play <laughs> with this on some, like some device and just see the, the interaction details. But this looks great. One other little detail that I catched on, they had one of the, like, not sessions, but the developer videos thing, one on, on what's new in material design. And I'm not sure if this is new um, to Android 12, but but they have a new font, a variable font, much like SF Pro. Uh, they call it the Google Sans. And just like SF Pro, you have the Google Sans and Google Sans text and uh, character spacing with they're all variable in the adapt and someone designing for android sf pro sometimes is a pain to deal with uh and roboto was super simple and now i was like oh shit okay yeah no it's fine but crap (laughs) yeah i'm glad i'm glad that they're using um wait what's the name of the phone is it google sans google sans Sans. all right i'm glad that they're using google sans because they had this goofy thing for a while where it's like only the Google apps are using Google Sans, and then the rest of the system is using Roboto, and it's just, it just a total mess. Mm-hmm. Um, so now they're us- using Google Sans everywhere, and I like it so much better than Roboto. Like, can we, can we just bury Roboto once and for Let's all? Stop with Roboto. I just, yeah, please make it stop, everyone. <laughs> like, I just can't. Um, I think actually Roboto being free and like a pretty good font that was free, you know, 2010s. Every single website used Roboto, and still to a certain extent today. And I think that kind of that ruined Roboto for me. <laughs> I think. 
Yeah, there's a lot of parts to to Roboto. I think for me, the biggest offender is the A character with the little like tick at the, the end. R. It's just ugh. capital R for me is I, can't. I cannot see it anymore. Yeah. Um, and hey, Netlify logo was based on Roboto. So oh, really? I looked at that for a long time. <laughs> yeah. Anywho, uh, anything else on Android 12 and Google I.O.? Um, uh, oh, actually, I do have one. Did you see the Project Starlight, I want to call it? No, I didn't see that. So Project Starlight, uh, Starline, sorry, not Starlight, mm. Starline, uh, is a thing they, they showed at, at I.O. Uh, I don't believe it's a real product again much like the project planet pluto uh <laughs> ai pluto uh it's so it, it's this like wall type of thing like a mirror which is an actual is actually a screen uh but it's a new take not a new take it's a new evolution of video conferencing like not video calls it's like a different facetime facetime 2.0 it's not on your phone or your tablet or your computer it's like a wall and they use a bunch of cameras to create a 3D um, render scan of you. And then you just sit in front of this and someone on the other side of the line sits in front of something similar. And you can see the person uh, in 3D kind of. It has a super cool effect that it just looks like you are looking at someone, right? Like you're there with them. And it is... It was crazy and super nice, and they had a really like heartwarming video, um, and it was cool. Uh, but again, I don't think this will be a real product anytime soon, and because the whole thing is like, oh, you need a whole wall. <laughs> um, but it was it was really 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 interesting. I I wonder if one day we can, with all the lidar sensors and all that stuff, we can have something similar, um, something in our devices. Although I have to say, probably one of the big key. Uh, things about this that makes it feel so real is uh, like the real life size. So you're not looking at someone's tiny on your phone. Right. You're looking at someone like for real. That's why it looks like yeah, real. Yeah. It looks like the person True. is in front of you. Yeah, if the person was super small, that yeah. would be weird. Um, did you see this? What did you think? Yeah, I mean, this is really cool. This is part of what we just discussed. It's like, this is neat. Like, they can show off and it'd be impressive, but like, is this something that I will get to experience in the next five years? Who knows? But it would really have to figure out a way to like come come down in size and price and just turn into an actual product versus like a cool demo. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Anything else on IO or did we cover it? I'm trying to think. They got rid of the um, the paper sizes on Google Docs, so that's cool. <laughs> Oh, I didn't even see that. <laughs> yeah. And that they're cool. Wow. They're adding a bunch of like new notion like features. Oh. You can have like tables that rearrange themselves and tag people and stuff like that. Snap. Yeah, that's they're neat. going after notion. Yeah. Good. Good for them. It's so sad like that Dropbox paper kind of be they they could have they could have owned the world. <laughs> you know, and, and they kinda just missed it. Just didn't. <laughs> just didn't. Yeah, good. Um, about time. <laughs> yeah. Nice. So that's it. All right. It was not the 20-minute mark that I asked for or hoped for, uh, but but close. You know, so short. Uh, before we get to recommendations, I see something here in the notes about a DeLayout website. What's up? Do we still yeah. have a website or what? <laughs> so layers may... Uh, layers. <laughs> layout listeners 
Should we call people layers? <laughs> layers? Our listeners are they're layers. There uh, are ponchos. What are you talking about? <laughs> okay, yeah. Well maybe we should put put up a poll on Twitter. Um oh. anyways, layout listeners, not layers, layout listeners um who've been listening to the show for a while may remember that we used to be part of the Spec FM network. Uh, and we're not anymore, not because we don't like them. We're still very good friends <laughs> with all the good people at the Spec Network. But uh, the reason why we're, we're not part of the network anymore is just the network doesn't exist anymore. Um, they you know, worked, worked on this side project for a really long time, and then it came time they wanted to dedicate their energy to other things. So for the longest time, we had the uh, Spec FM little like symbol on our artwork and um so spec network kind of like shuttered uh, a few months ago and we just like never bothered to go back and update our <laughs> our artwork for layout so and i think rafa like you remembered or noticed and like you sent me a message for like hey uh should we should we update our yeah so actually I think I might have like missed a couple episodes, but uh, we have a folder in our shared uh, thing uh, with all the different artworks. We actually have usually have custom artworks for when a guest is on, or or for the upside down, or for we have a bunch of like custom funny artwork. And so I rem- after spec, you know, uh, ceased to exist. <laughs> uh, I just looked in the folder for there's like one like says something layout without spec. And I've been using that, but that's actually an older, yeah. like before we joined Spec. It's a really old and outdated uh, artwork, but I was just using that. Um, but in, on our website, we never update updated the like the main artwork in there. Yeah. So I was like, all right, you're totally right. It's time to update it. And the reason why the old the artwork didn't work is because, um, yeah, it was old. And I think I had designed it a while back and things weren't all aligned properly. And like I had made a bunch of tweaks to make it better when we uh, joined the network. And so I wanted to keep those improvements as much as possible, but just remove the the logo. Um, Mm -hmm. So that's what I did. But while I was at it, I was like, hey, while I'm making those changes why don't I see if I can update our artwork to take advantage of the P3 color gamut? Because one of the things that I noticed, and I, I'm not sure exactly what caused this, but um, the artwork in Sketch like always looked amazing to me mm-hmm. like in the Sketch app, but it always looked a little bit faded once I exported. And I was just kind of like, eh, whatever, like, that's just what it is. Um, but then I realized, oh, that's probably what it is. So in Sketch, I can see the artwork in P3, like all of its gloriousness. But then I export it back down to a non-P3 version. So I didn't have to change any colors or anything like that. Like our artwork initially, like the source file was always P3, um, or at least you know from back when I, I updated it. Um, it was P3, but you just couldn't see it on the web because we we didn't export a P3 version. So uh, this is what I did. So I went ahead. I found the way. So in Sketch, like you kind of have to 
change the the color mode of the document and then like you, you can export a png and you have to include the color profile in, inside of the png you can export it out and then you'll have the wider gamut i think figma also has a way that you can do this our artwork is like old so it's uh, done using sketch i didn't bother to move that uh with to figma um but i i'm pretty sure there are plugins for figma that you can get to export p3 colors um and i also so since i was, I was doing that i was like hey why don't i update the colors also on the website so i also updated the colors to be p3 colors in css which is not something that I've done before. Like, this is my first time using P3 colors on the web. And it's actually kind of tricky, like how you export them from Sketch. You kind of have to do the math, essentially, like map it mm. back out to the P3 scale. I'm sure there's some sort of oh, plugin somewhere that you can use. But it's essentially like, because the, the CSS no notation is like a percentage for each like red, green, blue. Um, so I basically take the value for red, green, blue, and sketch divide by 255. And that's my percentage for each. And I oh, can wow. just like plug that. Um, and then I have, I'm using CSS variables for all the colors. So I'm able to, I created a media query, which basically checks for the support for P3 colors and then has the, puts in the P3 color if like that's supported. Otherwise falls back on our old non P3, like white gamut color. Uh, you have to P2. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> and I also uh, optically adjusted the color for our text colors to be a little bit darker uh, for the light mode and a little bit lighter for the dark mode so that it uh, improves the readability. Because it's, I know it's like quite a strange color. Like it's probably not the most accessible color, but hey, that's. That's the color we've got. So, um, so I tweaked it a little bit. So you shouldn't notice a difference visually, but it should be easier to read. Uh, so now our, the back of our website looks better than the front of the others. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. I've, I've never used P3 uh, colors on, on, on the web. I remember distinctively like the Playdate, Panic's Playdate yes. website was like that yellow was always so bright and vivid. And that's, that was the first website that that I inspect element and I saw the color P3 and I'm like, oh, so that's how you do it. But I never put it in practice. Uh, so, so proud that now our website has it and I am going to go look at the source and see how you did <laughs> it. That's, that's so cool. Yeah, and it's honestly super easy. It's a lot easier mm -hmm. than I even thought about. So I would really encourage people, like if you're designing websites and stuff like that, like do put in the P3 color because it, it just looks better. And I'll have uh, images in the show notes so you can see the before and after. So, like, the best way to do it is, like, put it in two different tabs and then switch between the two tabs of the image. You will see, like, the old one just looks faded uh, in comparison. Cool. I actually am not sure. Uh, I'm going to ask you to... I'm going to ask you for that asset. We can take this offline. Uh, but <laughs> I'm not sure if the artwork that I'm going to embed in the audio file, so the 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 artwork is on your phone when you're playing the podcast. I'm not sure if uh, both the podcast apps in or even like the just the, the RSS. I don't know if there's any processing from the artwork. Anyway, I'm not sure if you're going to see it in full P3 glory. Um, but I guess you can find out right now. Look at your <laughs> phone. I don't know. <laughs> Tell me. <laughs> uh, 
uh yeah this is awesome thanks for putting in the work yeah i i think it really depends on i think the app how they resize and cache our artwork mm. so <laughs> they there's a way that they can do it uh that will destroy the um the color profile <laughs> or there's a if they do it right then it should keep that so i don't know we'll see fingers crossed but at least on the we'll website it look nice <laughs> Cool. Thanks for that. This is awesome. I'm really proud of... I've always been proud of our website. I think it did a great job. Nice. Um, yeah. If you haven't seen it, uh, our website is layout.fm. Go check it out. And hopefully, you can look at it on a P3-able uh, display or whatever. <laughs> uh, cool. All right. Buddy, should we do recommendations before calling it a show? Yeah, let's do it. Calling it a night? Okay. I'll go first because I don't see your stuff in the notes, so I assume you're still fishing for it. it. Okay. My recommendation is a movie. It's an animation. Um, It's on Netflix, and it's called The Mitchells vs. The Machines. I haven't heard anything about this movie, but uh, Deborah said, hey, by the way, it's from the studio that made Spider-Man Into the Mm Spider-Verse. And I was like, holy pants, stop everything. Let's watch it then. Because... Into the Spider-Verse is one of my favorite movies ever now, and it's a Christmas tradition now. It's a Christmas movie in this household, and it's I think the animation is groundbreaking, so I was really excited uh, to watch this one, and it's a really, really, really fun movie. So much so that like this new uh, Sony Animation Studio, uh, I'm, not, I'm not sure if it's actually new, but especially got new life since Into the Spider-Verse. Like this new studio, now for me, it's like, like akin to, to Pixar, right? Like a, I know right. it only has two movies in its bag, but right <laughs> now it's already they're both winners, and and I'm I'm really excited. The the whole movie is without spoiling too much is is about this family um, uh, that is in like a post apocalyptic thing event world, in where robots are taking over. Actually, there's like a lot of a lot of like a like a satire and jabs at the the big tech companies of today um and there's like obvious references to like siri so effectively it's like what if siri gets fed up with her with us humans and decides to build a robot army and like <laughs> you know <laughs> and like take over the world and then it's like this family that we follow uh they're the last family of humans so you know they're our only hope and it's really <laughs> really really funny and uh give it a shot it's on give it a watch it's on netflix and again, it's called The Mitchells versus The Machines. Nice. Sounds really fun. Boom. Okay, so my recommendation, <laughs> you'll see there. there's a theme. So I just finished <laughs> uh, Schitt's Creek. Congrats. This show was so good. If like This is the, the ultimate recommendation, I would say. Like, if you haven't watched Schitt's Creek, please, please do yourself a favor and go watch it. It's so, so good by far one of the best shows that i've seen in a really really long time uh <laughs> and rafa's just changed his video feed to a gif of david <laughs> um so yeah so really enjoyed that really enjoyed the ending so great um and right after i watched the sort of short documentary making of called Best Wishes, Warmest Regards. So if you've watched Chits Creek but haven't watched this, um, it's worth watching. Like, just gives you 
a bit more <laughs> uh, of the the characters you know and love, uh, and just kind of shows like there's there's something that I always personally really love about seeing these sort of behind the scenes making ofs of things that I appreciate. It's like there's so much talent in this, and like they talk about how like they spent hours and hours and hours just like curating the outfits for each characters and how like they created these like massively rich backstories for each characters to like really make them feel lived in. And it's just, I don't know. There's something cool about seeing people that it seems like they're at the top of their game. Like they're just being excellent in every aspect. Uh, and I just really enjoy seeing those, those kinds of things. So highly recommend that. You could, it's the type of content or art or work really that you can feel you can tell that everyone involved cares deeply about it about the project and it's it's really hard to explain or you know or rationalize it but i think if you know you know like there's 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 certain work that you can feel it and it becomes extra special. And in this case, I think the whole story that this show had and in, in where it really took a long time to become popular even, right? Like yeah. no one cared about the first seasons. It took a while to like get up and running and gain momentum. And also, um, uh, crap, what's his name? David. What's David's name? Daniel Levy. Blanking out. There you go. Uh, like the, this, his, this is his first directal right and and um acting even like it's 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 special and it's not like oh these people are incredible like superstars making this no like this is you can feel like this is a product of yeah it's and, so unlikely <laughs> i mean granted uh catherine o'hara is just like absolutely like talented of course she is right. gonna be good but um but yep. yeah like you would have told me about the idea for this show ahead of time and i would have been like mm, i don't know about this <laughs> like i actually think that's what's happened i, I think i recommended it on a show and you haven't started watching it by then i think yeah no i didn't <laughs> you're like oh, okay maybe <laughs> and i was like oh like i, I kind of gave it a try because so many people were talking about it and i just had nothing to watch and i was like i need to understand why are people obsessed with this show <laughs> and very quickly discovered mm-hmm. um but yeah anyways it's it's great um and so i'm still on like my withdrawal from Shit's creek so like watching the documentary and then <laughs> another thing is uh dan levy is uh, the host of the great canadian baking show for the first two seasons. Oh wow! So if you you're missing some Dan Levy in your life, you can watch the first two seasons, and like he's great. Like, it, and that that's the part that's so interesting. It's like David and him, they're just the same person, right? Uh-huh. Like, it's just not like he's not any different in real life than he is on the show. It's just that he's funny in the same way. He has the same kind of reactions. It's just the same thing. And so he obviously plays a small role on this show, but um, it's still very good. And it kind of got us into the the baking shows and it's just something that you can easily put on an episode in the background and just mm-hmm. listen to and it's heartwarming and people help each other and it's like you know it's nice 
There you go. Good stuff. Uh, you got your your weekend TV watching set. You boom, know, bunch of stuff. Cool. All right, let's uh, wrap this up. Thank you so much for listening. We love you. Uh, like we said, you can visit our website layout.fm. You can find uh, all the episodes, links for all the stuff we mentioned. Uh, that's when we say the show notes. That's what we're referring to. If you do not know, uh, if you wish to sponsor your, if you have a product or uh, you know an app, or you work for a company and you just want to spread the word about what you're working on, we accept sponsorships. So there's links in our website for that. If you're interested, uh, and then if you want to follow us on Twitter, we are at layoutfm. I am at Rafa Hari, and Kevin is at Vernal Kick. Uh, very 90s uh, names, <laughs> uh, usernames and <laughs> uh, tweet at us uh, stuff if you want uh, we're accessible on the internet and uh, yeah I think, I think that's it right yep. I don't know I do an outro every week <laughs> and every week I'm like I'm, I have no idea how to do <laughs> <Yeah>. this <laughs> no you did it but here it is boom I started had a nervous breakdown <laughs> when I put know the meme <laughs> no i don't okay well <laughs> then it's a reference um cool all right talk to you soon buddy all right bye. goodbye actually <laughs> i don't know if i want to do this uh upside down or not but jesus dude have you ever used android studio nope I've been doing some more Android development. Well, development, whatever. Um, Xcode gets a lot of slack, but it's wonderful. You know, <laughs> Xcode is the perfect IDE. Rafael Khan, 2021. You can quote me. <laughs> it's perfect. Uh, Android Studio, I had to install it. Um, first thing I get it when I open it is like an error because I think there was something wrong in the installation. I think Android Studio and M1 Max do not like each other uh. um everything is like you know you know when you visit a website like a fishy those those fishy websites in where they, they throw you like little pop-ups or something and they try to make it look like it's a system dialogue box yeah, or something. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know they just style this it is the whole like app this is, is this <laughs> like oh you're trying to make it look like a real app but Ugh. every control every box like every window doesn't most of them don't even have rounded corners like uh the font is not using fonts uh like system like text fields so it's all a bit blurry they're not using uh system (laughs) font it's like it looks like Arial or something is i get a lot of window vibes um i don't know what's happening it's awful and (laughs) i've I was just trying to run the emulator on my M1 Mac, and I kid you not, I spent two hours on a call with a dev, with an Android developer, trying to to get this set up on my machine. Oh we my went God. through the just the <laughs> most bizarre experience. It is awful. In the the first like the the, the wizard when you install it, uh, I remember back in I want to say. 2014 because i was i was working at imaginary cloud this this agency way back when so i remember when i was uh, where i was when this happened and i th- it was around the time that android Studio came out for the first time they shipped mm. it and i went through that that wizard and back then so this is this was like 10 years ago 
or actually that math didn't match whatever <laughs> it's been a long time pretty much all of my career back then i remember saying oh my god these icons are not even retina ready and i don't know <laughs> what's up with the text because it's blurry today it's the same wizard that felt so janky <laughs> and icons are not retina ready what year is this wow. and you can say well you know uh google supports a wide range of developers and maybe mac users are not their main market or whatever which by the way i doubt it but it's not like microsoft that they have windows in its own thing in in mac is like an afterthought it's google you know this is i bet it doesn't even run on chrome os so that's a non-starter <laughs> it's like what are you doing like where how is this okay with y'all for so long is it was just the worst experience the whole app feels like a virus like something fishy <laughs> show title well i feel i feel sorry for you <laughs> thank you <laughs> that's probably why i'm so tired today yeah probably okay probably at least right. you have an android device where you can test stuff yeah do you know why i was testing on device because the emulator couldn't <laughs> be like it wouldn't work anyway to be yeah, fair sure. sometimes that happened on ios too <laughs> Oh, if you're doing yeah, anything yeah. with metal, you know, Xcode can be so frustrating. Like I've I've found Xcode's like quirkiness in a bad way in all the, all the right. weird shit. And like, why is this not working? I don't know. And then you quit Xcode and open again. Oh, okay. I guess it fixed itself. No logical reason. But at least you'll you can fix it or. <laughs> It looks like a nice looking app and things work in our right. somehow <laughs> I don't know. It's not even fair to compare Xcode to this because apart from like, oh, they're both IDs from the major platform vendors. Um apart from that, it's not even fair to compare it because one is an app, one is a virus looking thing. <laughs> one Jeez, is a virus. So bad. <laughs> I mean it makes you wonder at some point, like would Google just make like a purely web editor <laughs> for Android stuff? I mean, it would be better, honestly. I mean, VS Code is beloved by many developers. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is a web thing. It's 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 an Electron thing. Granted, probably the best, most well-optimized Electron app. It's probably the best example of, a, of, of an Electron app. Mm-hmm. Um, but still, it's web. It's possible. Like, at this point... Like, because this is not even native, if that makes sense. Like, yeah, yeah, it's native as in like it's not a web thing, but it's not using any native <laughs> APIs or controls or whatever. I bet that like even like NS window, it's not using that. <laughs> I'm sure, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if if like the traffic lights are like custom made. <laughs> right. Actually, so if I <laughs> if I go like right click on the app icon in the dock and say quit it won't quit. <laughs> so I have to do command Q with the app open focus. Wow. I don't know why, because it's probably not using that native system NS window type of process thing. I don't know. Yeah, like I don't know. But it's like, yeah. How not, can you even point, have an app that is, <laughs> you can't quit? And at that oh. point, I'm not even surprised. Like, oh yeah, of course this is not going to work. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, yeah. Any, anywho, I have to stop talking about this. Though. I get <laughs> Um, actually, we should open. We should start the show with this because then I get like amped up for the rest of the show. <laughs> True. Yeah. All right. I'm gonna stop the recording. All right. Do do do.